from the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Yeah, we're happy to be with you today. I don't know if people out there know that we record these in batches and it's been a long time since we've sat down to record. We, we did a big batch before the holiday rush. <laughs> That's right. Now we're back. Yes. Back in action in 2020. Happy to be with you. Yes, we are. One of the exciting things of 2019 that we haven't discussed is the final Star Wars movie came yeah, out. Yeah, the holiday yeah. rush Star Wars yes. thing. I finally saw it. Okay. And you know, as my wife what a huge Star Wars fan I was as a kid. Absolutely. I was at the perfect age when Star Wars came out in the, what was it, 77. I was almost eight years old. and um, Oh, yeah. I just love that eight-year-old boy. I just want to <laughs> say it. I love you and your Star Thank Wars you. love. It's awesome. It was over the top. <laughs> I had Star Wars everything, uh, you know, sheets, all the action figures. Yeah. But one thing I had, I think I might have said this on a previous podcast. I think you shared about it. I did. Mm-hmm, your room. I'm remembering it. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm repeating my Star Wars fandom thing. <laughs> but I had Star Wars wallpaper, which nobody else had. Anyway, so these last three movies, I was not excited. I mean, I was thrilled when they were coming out. But when I actually saw them, I was not so happy. I thought the way they treated my old favorite characters, Luke and Han and Leia, were was not so great. And I, I think in this final episode, they tried to redeem some of their mistakes. For example, in the... Are we, are we spoiling anything? Oh, for oh, 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 yes. Let's be careful, huh? Spoilers. Maybe I won't go there. <laughs> but I would guess everybody who cares has already seen it maybe by this so, point. Maybe so. Maybe so, so if you care and you don't want to know this, you can... You can Fast forward about 30 <laughs> seconds right now in the podcast. But in the last episode, Luke Skywalker just like tosses his lightsaber over his shoulder, just throws it away. Like, I don't give a crud about any of my Jedi stuff. Um, and super fans were like, what? Who is this guy? Yeah, who is this? And what are you saying? What are you doing with your lightsaber? Yeah. So in this episode, he, he kind of redeems that. I'll just leave it at that. And there were a few moments of nostalgia that took you back to some of the earlier Star Wars movies that I found very meaningful. Well, I think there was maybe, you know, a feeling in some of the, you know, sort of surprising scenes with the older characters, a little feeling of kind of... I don't know if I have the vocabulary, but sort of like that idealism of my youth is sort of, you're cynical towards it now yeah. as an older person. Yeah. And I don't think that speaks to our hearts. You yeah. know, our hearts are saying, no, you know, that that was real and true and worthy of remaining real and true throughout your life. Your commitment to relationships. Yeah, yeah. Is, and then people feel, you know, you even see these comments and some of what the fans are have been saying, like, I mean, some go to extreme, like, you ruined my childhood. <laughs> I, you know, I, I wouldn't go that far. But I do feel that sort of um, disrespect for the characters that meant so much to me in my childhood. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see your those characters that meant so much to you. You don't want to see them dishonored or disrespected. Right, right. 
Anyway, yeah. it's interesting how deep those things go. It is. It speaks, it really does speak to how story captures our hearts. Yeah. It's And this is why people take these things so personally, because it these characters, if you were in the right time, the right place, uh, the right age, whatever it might have been, whatever combination of factors where you were, you vulnerably let these characters into your life and they shaped you at a at a deep level. When you take it that personally, when those same characters are not honored, mm. it, it does speak to deep mysteries of the heart. It's not just superfluous stuff. Mm. Uh, why did I have Star Wars wallpaper? Why why did I why did I plaster Star Wars stickers all over my stuff? Why why did I have thousands, literally thousands of those little Star Wars picture cards? There's there's something that was my heart was stirred. Mm. And then you want to express that. You whatever's going on inside comes out one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I don't fault anybody who kind of rolls their eyes at the ridiculousness of the Star Wars fandom world and and the commercialism of it all and there's plenty to criticize there but any phenomenon in the culture we should say what's going on here it's tapping something mm-hmm. anyway my two cents one of our listeners actually I, we could start with this question because it was about movies okay so Marty says being a movie lover do you like Gone with the Wind and if so, please tell me what in the world is so great about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, Marty, that's kind of funny to talk about this in light of my conversation with Star Wars because a point of connection I had with my mother who was wondering why in the good Lord's name was I begging to go back to the theater for the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, and yes, 15th time that I saw Star Wars in the movie theater She's, I remember her saying, well, I guess I can relate because when I was a girl, I really loved Gone with the Wind, and I saw it a bunch of times. So that was a point of connection with my mom. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Um, Gone with the Wind, I did see it one time, Marty, because it's such a cultural touch point or whatever in our, in our, in our society. Uh, you kind of have to know Gone with the Wind to, to know a little bit of, of American movie history. So I did watch it, Marty, and I was kind of with you. I I didn't quite get it. So that's all I have to say about that, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have some comments Frankly, on this my one. dear, I don't give a damn. That, you know, that was, I remember seeing some commentary on the history of movies or some special on the history of movies and uh, how absolutely scandalous it was that they had the word damn in a movie that was like over the top. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, Marty. I I mean, yeah, I I guess I can get it from the perspective of Civil War history and what it did to the culture. It was an eye-opener from that perspective. I I did come away with thinking Civil War is not just a, a moment in our history, but real lives and the real shape of the nation or direction of the nation took shape in that war in a way that we're directly affected even today. I took some of those things away, but I didn't really understand why it was such an awesome movie because it just didn't reach me. And that's, that is itself something about movies and that place of the heart we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, Star Wars really hit me as a kid. I think we have to have a certain respect and reverence for 
how certain movies can strike some people and not strike other people. And there's a mystery of the person going on there, too. There is. And I haven't even seen it, so I can't say anything, can't say anything on this question. It. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Marty, not very helpful, but <laughs> thanks for the question. Yeah. Go ahead. Ask those questions. It's You never know. Here's a question from a listener named Julie. She says, as a young woman, I find it hard to love myself as I deserve to be loved. Do you have any insights as to as to treating my own sexuality with love and respect, and how can I handle my own body in a pure way? Mm. Bless you, Julie. Julia, I'm going to tell a story, and then I want to turn it over to you, Wendy, as well, just to give your mm-hmm. womanly insights, as you always do so well. But this is particularly important to have some womanly insights. But from a, a man's perspective, I, I want to share this story. Just last week, we're teaching a course at the Institute. Dr. John Grabowski was teaching the course. I was sitting in on it. And a woman shared an experience she had of nursing her child. And she was talking about, she teaches eighth graders, I think, if I'm getting the story correctly, or maybe she's a, she does youth ministry work. I'm not sure exactly. But these eighth grade girls were just full of, all the ideas of the culture about, you know, pro-abortion and transgender stuff and just not understanding, not knowing how to appreciate the dignity and goodness of their own bodies as young women. And this student shared the story of trying to, how do I, you know, she's just struggling. How do I reach these girls? And she unfolded for them an experience she had of of her own awe and wonder at her body when she was nursing her one of her children. And she was also very honest about how taxing it was. This child wanted to nurse every two hours, and she was really wanting to be a good mom, and uh, she, she believed that that meant, in this case, nursing as much as she could as the child desired to be nursed. But it was so taxing on her, and she was very honest about it. And she shared this experience one time, two in the morning. She's kind of crying out to the Lord, I, I just want to sleep. This baby wants to nurse. And she had this very beautiful, prayerful experience holding her baby after nursing. She looked down at her her infant, and the infant was kind of in this state of just total satisfaction, mm. having received a good dose of mama's awesome milk. Mm. And she looked down at her baby in this place of of restfulness and happiness and contentment and fulfillment. And something broke through that frustration that, you know, I'm so tired. I And Wendy, I remember so many, mm-hmm. so many times yeah. where you were in that same place of just the exhaustion of pouring yourself out. Right. But she shared this story that the Lord kind of broke through and she saw with awe and wonder what her body could do as a woman. Mm. That she really was a channel of God's grace for this baby. Mm -hmm. That this experience of fulfillment at her breast was a little taste of heaven for this baby. 
And it really is. Think about it. The fundamental hunger we all have the moment we're born is for the breast. We've talked about this in other episodes. And that hunger really points us to our hunger for God. And the mother giving her breast to the child is, is a theology lesson for that baby. Yes. My point in sharing the story is this student spoke with such awe and wonder at the mystery of her own feminine body and what it was capable of. And she said, you know, and she, the whole classroom laughed. She said, if you think about it, what a woman's body can do is far more awesome than what a man's body can do. And it's true. A man's body's pretty simple in its, in its function, especially in the reproductive function. It's mm. kind of straightforward, simple, there it is. Uh, but the mystery, John Paul says, the mystery of sexuality uh, and its whole connection with the life-givingness right. is much more evident in the woman's constitution, in her makeup. Mm. You're much more involved as a woman in the process of bringing that child forth. The very thing that sets woman's body apart in this place of particular dignity, and when we're in the right posture, we should have a particular awe, wonder, and appreciation for that specialness of womanhood. That very specialness, that very dignity is what is maligned and attacked incessantly by what passes for a certain kind of feminism, which is not feminism at all, if you understand the meaning of the word. Uh, it's not an appreciation of the feminine. It's a rejection of the feminine. It's a hatred. What passes for feminism is often a direct hatred of what is feminine. It's not feminism. It's misogyny. It's hatred of woman. And that comes directly from that enmity that hatred that the enemy has aimed directly at woman from the beginning. When God says, this is Genesis 3, he's speaking to the serpent, and he says, I will put enmity, hatred, between you and the woman. He, from the beginning, the enemy has been aiming all his diabolic fury at woman, at her breasts, at her womb, at her ability to bear new life. So my, my guess, Julie... This is a long-winded way of, of getting back to your question. My guess is you, your life, like every woman's life, has been in the crosshairs of this diabolic fury. And if you have had other voices in your life who have kind of caved into that diabolic fury and thought it's, you know, a promotion of woman's rights to violate her womb, to promote abortion, to promote contraception, uh, to, to have that kind of pornographic frame of woman that she is, her value comes from being a sexual object or an, an object of selfish pleasure for men. Those messages are in our culture everywhere. Put it this way. If a woman, if her value is determined by being an object of male pleasure, the only way you can sustain that vision of woman is through contraception and abortion. That is violence towards woman. And in our culture, when that's the message about woman, of course, women are going to struggle to understand their true dignity, their true identity, and to value and honor their own bodies. I, I'm going to say one last thing, Julie, and then I, I Wendy, I'd love to hear your, okay. your thoughts. But mm -hmm. I would urge you, Julie, 
to reflect on this scripture, to take it to heart, to take it to prayer, to go uh, to adoration and just sit. Maybe you could be in front of the Blessed Sacrament, but also have view of maybe in your church, I would, I would think there's some statue or painting or image of the Blessed Mother. If you don't have one, maybe bring one. Maybe bring the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And here's the scripture I invite you to reflect on. Blessed is the womb that bore him, and blessed are the breasts from which he nursed. This is the cry of an anonymous woman who's listening to the teaching of Jesus, and her heart is pierced through with the power of Jesus' teaching, and the cry of her heart is, blessed is the womb that bore you. Blessed are the breasts from which you nursed. If Christmas is real, if God really became flesh, born of a woman, then woman's womb has become the dwelling place of the Most High God. Woman's womb has become heaven on earth. If Jesus is God, the one who feeds us all, humbled himself to be fed at the breast of Mary. What does this say about the dignity, the beauty, the honor that woman expresses? Uh, There are no words. Mm. It's very awesome. Thank you for your reverence for femininity and your upholding of just the power. There's a power, and you're honoring that. That's very beautiful. Can I just say this before? uh, Sorry, Wendy. I just, I don't, I, I receive your affirmation. I receive it. And it's real. It's true. I do strive in my whole being to honor woman, but I just want to speak briefly to the fact that that also happens only by by real struggle, by fighting the same lies. Because mm-hmm. the lies that woman is under, man is obviously affected deeply by these lies. And we know well in our own marriage the struggles mm-hmm. that my believing those lies have have had. But I receive your affirmation. I just want to say to the listeners... I'm frail as well, and only by God's grace can we begin to see these mm-hmm. these mysteries. Mm-hmm. Julie, I appreciate your question, and I don't know you know you don't share a lot of details about the nature of you know why it you find it difficult to love yourself, but I, I really like the phrase you used as I deserve to be loved. Mm. I like that sense of kind of seeing the contrast between what you know about the goodness of every human being, the goodness of your femininity and your inner experience. And that's uh, just saying I'm on this journey, you know, this journey from understanding it, from knowledge in the mind to living it fully. So I, I just want to say that's an awesome journey to be on and very honest of you to just say this is a struggle. I think that one of the ways to recognize when we're not loving ourselves as we deserve to be loved is when that voice that's comparing our own body to someone else's and finding it somehow inferior, less lovable, not lovable by comparison, those are the voices of one that's not loving. Because mm-hmm. if you go back to the, the words of Adam when he first saw woman, this one at last 
it's also just one. This one. Yeah. It's just one. Um, we all want to be chosen, don't we? Yeah. And and there's not a comparison right. to any other woman. There's a sense of you. You're, you're unique. And at last, you're the one I love. If you can hear those words of the Lord in your heart and try to take them in, it's a mm. it's a beautiful contrast to the constant evaluation and measurement, mm. literal measurement, figurative measurement of ourselves against standards. So I just share that with you. And also, I'm not a psychologist or an expert or anything like that. So I'm just kind of sharing a personal experience that when I have felt, I'm just keep it very personal, that some aspect of my body might be less than lovable or be rejected in some way, I feel like I have kind of pulled my heart sort of inward, like almost mm -hmm. if I could withdraw myself from my body in some way, mm -hmm. some kind of mm -hmm. distancing of, as a protection, you know, kind of, well, I don't want to be uh, connected with that which could be rejected. So mm. I kind of draw in, mm. in a, in a self-protective way. I don't know if anybody listening can relate to this, but I'm, I'm just sharing. sure every person out there listening can relate to this. There's something freeing about fully giving your heart to every aspect of your body, sort of just fully embracing it from, from the inside. Ooh. Yeah. And allowing then your person and your power and your love to flow through every aspect of your body because you're not mm. kind of protectively holding it in. And I, I don't mean that to say that we don't have reason to be protective of our bodies, but that feeling of disconnect from some aspect of our body, I think, is is part of our kind of inner spiritual and emotional journey to fully Loving ourselves purely is to recognize that the the graces and giftedness of our person are meant to flow through our bodies, and whatever we have rejected, kind of holding back that flow of grace and giftedness. So, I hope that that's helpful. I'm sitting here very moved, Wendy, by what you just shared, both of the aspects of what you shared, and I'm seeing a connection between the two things you shared. First, I love, I've thought of that passage from so many different angles, and you've given me a new angle here today, Wendy, the, at last you are the one. Really and truly, we can put those words in the heart and flowing from the mouth of the new Adam. The first Adam's just a foreshadowing of the new Adam, mm -hmm. and the new Adam says to each of us, you are the one. You are the one. Mm. I choose you. You are the one. And that second aspect of what you were talking about, the coming to accept our bodies from within, when that inner place that you said can withdraw when we feel not loved, and then kind of the reconnecting from the inside out with those parts of our bodies that we have rejected or have been afraid others would reject, that can only happen in the measure that we live in that you are the one love. Mm -hmm. You know, when we hear that you are the one mm -hmm. from our maker, 
when we feel that love for our whole selves as we are, then we can begin to love ourselves in the same way. Love one another as I have loved you. We first have to apply that to ourselves. Love ourselves as he loves us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another rendering of that commandment to love is love others as you love yourself, which is to say we, we really do need to learn to love ourselves, but we we can't muster that up. It's not like we, I'm going to try real hard to love myself. No, it comes from the experience of receiving that love. You, at last, you are the one. So, Lord, teach us to stay in that place of vulnerable openness of our need for your love so we can receive your love in our need and learn to love ourselves as you love us and then learn to love others as we love ourselves. We don't have time for another question, so I just want to say, um, you know, I hope that all the men listening can hear all, all of these things, or most of them anyway, applying equally to themselves. There was a part of your answer that was specifically about enmity with the woman, so mm-hmm. I, that's why I said most of it. But, you know, certainly that all that you just said about receiving love and extending that love that we've received and having it flow forth from all aspects of our bodies, absolutely, to all the men listening. We sp- we're speaking to you as well. Yeah, think of the lies that we are constantly bombarded with in our culture about the meaning of our bodies. It's, it's a constant, constant barrage of lies, and uh, we're deeply affected by them. And Christ comes in the world, in the flesh, to redeem us from these lies, from the father of lies. Why are so many of these lies aimed at our bodies? Uh, what is this enmity? What is this hatred? What, what does the enemy want? It's an interesting line in scripture that the devil fell out of envy. Well, what does he envy? He's a fallen angel. Uh, what do we have that the angels don't have? Bodies. Bodies. Mm-hmm. And what can we do with these bodies that the angels can't do? We can participate in the very creative power of God. I can't do that on my own as a man. You can't do that on your own as a woman. And this is the mystery of the sexual difference right here. Together, and only together, can we participate in the creative power of God. That is absolutely astounding. And this is what the angels envy. The fallen angels are in envy of this creative power that we share with God in our bodies, in our sexuality. And the holy angels are in awe. Yeah, They're in awe because we have been granted participation through our bodies, let's be more specific, through our sexuality, I'm going <laughs> to share uh, a talk a friend gave me by a uh, French philosopher. I'm, I'm going to botch his name. It's something like Hed, Hed, Fib, Fibrage Hejage or something. He's a, um, I know I got it totally wrong. Um, so I don't even, we'll, we'll find the right spelling and we'll put it in the show notes and we'll give a link to this talk. Uh, He gave it at a conference on communion and liberation. Uh, 
and he's sitting right next to an academic theologian who was actually a professor of mine, and he just comes right out, and the name of his talk is uh, Transcendence in the Underpants. (laughs) 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 Transcendence in the Underpants. And, And he unfolds so beautifully and powerfully how our genitals reveal this transcendent beauty, glory, and power. All this confusion in the world today about what it means to be a man and a woman goes back to the fact that there's an enemy who hates the fact that we are made male and female, and he wants us to hate it as well. But take heart, anyone out there, male or female, listening to this podcast, if you have struggled, if you have been wounded We all have been wounded here because we live in this culture that lies to us all the time. And none of us are unscathed by these lies. So hear these words. Christ took on flesh. He came as a male, born of a female, to redeem masculinity and femininity. He came in the flesh to redeem our flesh. He came to redeem our creation as male and female. The battle raging in the world today is this battle. It is a battle for the truth of what it means to be men and women made in the image and likeness of God. Take heart. Christ has overcome these lies. He came to undo the work of the enemy. Be not afraid to open those lies you have believed to the truth that Christ reveals about what it means to be male and female. This is what theology of the body is all about. And we, Wendy and I feel so honored to be part of your journey in helping you to look at some of these issues maybe in a new light, a healing light, a hopeful light. That's our goal. Yes. And you know what, what happens as we, we journey this road? We come more and more, yes, to see the battle. We, the battle becomes more and more clear, but we become more and more hopeful, joyful people because we know the battle is already won. And we begin to rejoice not just in our bodies and what they reveal about God's plan for our lives. We come to rejoice in all of creation, the beauty of all of creation. We come to see life is a a feast of faith and food and beauty. Speaking of which, we have a pilgrimage this summer Mm -hmm. called Feasting on Faith and Food and Beauty. It's going to be led by my dear friend and colleague, Bill Dunahy from the Theology of the Body Institute, and Father Leo, the cooking priest. I would imagine you're familiar with his work. If you're not, Google it and learn more about the cooking priest. From August 9th to the 20th, these two men will lead you through Italy, feasting on faith, food, and beauty. And it reminds me of, um, was it G.K. Chesterton, who said, wherever the Catholic son doth shine, you will find music and laughter and good red wine. Maybe that wasn't G.K. Chesterton, (laughs) but it's a great quote. (laughs) If you know who that was, if it wasn't G.K. Chesterton, somebody let me know. Anyway, on that note, thank you everybody for your questions. Yes. It's a, a joy to be on this journey with you. And until we meet again in our next episode, keep the questions coming. And never forget, you are an indispensable, irreplaceable, unrepeatable gift of life and love. Become what you are. (laughs) 
Ask Christopher West comes to you from the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione and production by Sounder and Key. Christopher and Wendy hope the information presented is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you're going through serious difficulty, you can find a list of trusted counselors and psychologists in the show notes. Thank you.